Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! <laughs> <laughs> episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Kiwi here, and joining me once again is my good brother from the Bullcast. It's Philip. How's it going, man? Kiwi, it's <laughs> Thursday night. Yes. It's 2020. Happy New Year, brother. How you doing? You doing all right? You doing good? Me, 2021. Yeah, 2021. That's what I said. You did? It's not like you yeah. said 2020. Oh, no, of course not. I mean, there was chaos going on at the Capitol. It may be 2020. I don't know. You know? <laughs> Have you seen that meme where, it, okay, what, what day is it? Yesterday was, what, the 6th? So uh, people saying it's technically December 37th, 2020. So it still feels like 2020. Nothing's changed. It's still the same as last year, all the chaos. So I've, December's I've just been extended. I've always been an advocate of New Year's same shit. <laughs> exactly. New year, new year, same ish, which is the episode of the newest Bullet Cast, ladies and gentlemen. Go check that out wherever you can listen to podcasts. Yes, I highly recommend that. No, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to check it out because, uh, I know you discuss, uh, uh, the Bullet Cast Championship. Am I right? You know what, Huey? They say you can't win things on your birthday in the world of professional wrestling. There are two rules you don't win on your birthday and you don't win in your hometown. CM Punk has won in his hometown and I've won on my birthday. Wow. Looking at it, it's about it's about damn time. I got this in what August or September? <laughs> September, September, yeah. And I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had it to myself since. You know, ten times, <laughs> ten times the world's champion. It feels pretty damn good. I well, got that. I got that. I got my Febreze's that I've won. You know, man. Well, on a side note, I do want to say happy belated birthday to you. So, uh, thank uh, you, man. You got uh, to celebrate by watching some uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, you know that's the only time in the history of this championship that I've ever gotten all my predictions right. <laughs> what the six matches? Yeah, <laughs> I'm bummed. I got one wrong. It was the I picked Will Osprey. I just yeah, thought, I know, but you never bet against Okada. He's like never, all, arguably the greatest against- right now. Never bet against the Rainmaker, man. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, Twenty-five years old, quarter of a century. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm I'm starting to feel it. You know, when I walk outside, the cool air hurts my hip. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Here we go, dude. You're, I'm I'm gonna be that guy. Like people my age were saying to me when I turned twenty-five, you're still a young man. So you're still a young buck. No pun intended. Hey, hey, they're right behind me. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yep. Remember that one song? You're still a young man, baby. 
Sorry. I don't, I don't know. See, I, I don't know, man. I grew I up on no some idea. old school R and B. I did. So I, I don't. I, I don't know, man. I, I do feel old though. My little cousins were at my grandma's house the other day celebrating my birthday. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I turned on some Michael Jackson. I'm like, what y'all know about that, damn boy? <laughs> no? I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, yeah, man, I, I hit a quick little side glide, did the spin, almost bust my ass. It was a good time. It's a good time. No, but man, I was going to bring it up. The Bullet Cast Championship, man. Can, can we discuss this? I know you already discussed this on the Bullet Cast, and we, we, we got to talk about it here, too, just in case. Um, Look, for any confusion, I told I told everyone – I guess I didn't make it clear. Yes, night, you did not night, make it clear. Night one. I was like, just night one for the hell of it, you know. Look, if WrestleMania is two nights this year, it will be defended both nights. Next year's Wrestle Kingdom, if we decide to have it defended, it will be both nights. Is that how, is everybody okay now? No, so we, 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 we listen. So for everyone listening right now, to all the clicksters, yeah, you made, you said, yeah, uh, the next time you were going to defend or the Bullet Championship was going to be on the line was at Wrestle Kingdom. You just, I just heard Wrestle Kingdom. I never, I don't remember you saying night one. So I assume it was going to be defended over two nights and so when i gave my picks for night one and when i saw you won i was like oh damn well maybe it'll be a short title it'll be like 24 hours i'll get it back the next night and then the next day i text you was like hey you want my picks for night two and you're like nah just night one only i was like what what boo (laughs) it's like come on man like listen i know i know you you, you, it's your title that you, you paid for, you got, and this is all part of the Bullet umbrella. But it's like, come on, man! Like, like it's like I felt like <laughs> I felt like like I was like, first off, you, you collect all the the the, the picks. So I'm like, man, that's already shady right there. You can easily look at all of our picks and be like, oh, you know what? He picked this. this. I'm gonna pick all the. I opposite. wouldn't. I wouldn't do. You know, if that was true, I would. I would never lose the title. I. <laughs> But I would then, be I would be champion forever. But then, but then right. I'm like, okay, so you only do the picks for night one, but not night two. It's almost like you're running a marathon and you're winning, like you're in the lead, like halfway through the marathon. You're like, all right, stop, I give up, I'm the winner. That's it, we're stopping right now. That's what it felt like, man. L- 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 listen, l- people, people, listen, listen. Look, I go go back and listen to the Bullcast Awards. I said night one, Russell Kingdom. I didn't say All both right. nights. I said All night right. one. I'll go okay, back guys? to evidence. You, you should oh. you should make a clip of that, put it on social media, just to clarify. I'm tired of the people coming at me. The people. Oh the god. people. I feel like OJ. Jesus. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. But uh, you know? all right, it's fine. So when's the next time? What Royal Rumble? Yes, and if there's a takeover the night before the Rumble, it's both nights. Okay. Ooh. Okay. There we go, guys. You know, hey, it's you fine. Know, you, you enjoy it. That's my every, birthday every, gift to you. Let you enjoy the title for the next four weeks. Or you weren't even the champion. <laughs> yeah, and, I, I, and that was BS on that call as well. Hey, Miz got the Money in the Bank briefcase back. I should get the Bullet Cash Championship back. Dude, hey man, get in, get in your picks for Money in the Bank this year, man. You know, Wh- whoever has the second most, they win the briefcase. That's how that oh, works. Oh, okay. All right. That's, how, that's All right. how that works. Good. All right. No, well, now 2021 is going to be my year. I'm getting back to Bullet Cash Championship. I'm going to have it for the rest of the year. And then cash in on Brandon on something he doesn't watch like MLW. <laughs> Dude, MLW got some good stuff, man. Last night was their uh, uh, was a Kings of, Kings Colise- of the Coliseum. Yeah, absolutely. We have a uh, a new middleweight champion in Leo Rush. I know. He came, he came to collect. 
the man of the hour. Dude, smart. Hey, listen, real talk, smart move at MLW's part. Because, look, Leo Rush still has – he just was let go from WWE. What was that back in – was he part of the April let goes last year, the releases? Uh, it might have been – beforehand? It might, hey, he might have – I'm trying to remember – I'm trying to remember. Hey, Leo Rush might have been in in like 2019. To be honest but, with you. But like real talk, though, he you know he's a big name. So for MLW, that's a smart move. Put the title, one of their titles, on him. He's a draw man, or he's a name at least recognizable name. So uh, I don't know how long he's going to work with MLW. A lot of those guys seem like they can work there and do stuff elsewhere. So, uh, but hey, smart move and congrats. I haven't watched the episode yet. I got to catch up on it, dude. I've been playing catch up on so much stuff. Like. Um, uh, my goal, I got to catch up on Wrestle Kingdom, finish all that stuff up. Uh, I would love to do a review for that maybe at some point over the weekend. So, uh, uh, just FYI, keep your eye out <laughs> on the, uh, uh, in the click. So, uh, remember, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also YouTube, all caught up on YouTube. All of our episodes are there now. And I think loosely we are on Stitcher. Can I officially say that yet? I'm yeah, not going there to. Is, there is one episode on Stitcher, and it is the latest episode of In the Click, ladies and gentlemen. So I guess that's a good sign that, okay, now you, if you go to Stitcher, you go to the app, you look up In the Click, you can see the latest episode. So that's a good sign. That's a good start. And then as far as the rest of the previous shows, the archives, it's not there yet. So I figured you and I were texting earlier, so maybe it's still like processing you know how like sometimes when rss feed i'm not trying to get super technical here but when the rss feed gets over to like a new service it takes like a day or two probably to process and go live so fingers crossed so i I, i'm i'm uh uh being optimistic that hopefully with the next day or two we'll be on stitcher all of our episodes so listen you know philip i was looking up that the stats not to get like said super technical uh, but like uh, Apple Podcast is like our number one listening platform. Number two is Spotify. So if you have an iPhone, use Apple Podcast or Spotify, whatever you want. Um, but if you have an Android, there's plenty of options. There's Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher. So, uh, and uh, I, I want to see if there's any other platforms we're missing. But if there's something that you listen to, a, a podcast platform that you can't find us on, please let me know in the click at gmail.com. So, uh, we'll see. Uh oh. I, 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 so. Your uh, your Von Eric's interview you did when when Jimbo was on the show was also on Stitcher. Okay, but that <laughs> is that under the see, that's, that's under a, the bone umbrella. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, let me see. I'm trying to refresh right now myself. Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying, guys. We're trying to get this on all the podcast platforms. Oops, no, you know. my phone. Oh, oh my God, you, you dropped it. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. But uh, uh, no, here we are back at it for uh, a new episode of In the Click. Uh, sorry for the the one day delay. I know uh, the last couple weeks when I was on vacation, you and uh, Philip and I were on a roll of like recording right after each episode of Dynamite. I'm liking that. I like the groove of recording right after the show ends getting our reviews out there ASAP. Uh, but as you kind of mentioned earlier, Philip, yesterday was such a crazy day in our own country here in America. Uh, it was mentally draining. Just uh, I know we, we don't get like really political on this show, but I know you and I are uh, one the same on a lot of the politics out there. So yesterday was just a crazy day. As Childish Gambino once said, this is America. <laughs> I know, dude. Just It was a, a very sad day for our country yesterday, just seeing all those 
crazy people <laughs> stormed the Capitol building for no good reason. All I got to say is 13 days. That's I all know. I got to say. I know. I know. I hear you. <laughs> so hopefully things will start turning around for the better for uh, 2021. So, uh, like I said, it was a dark day yesterday for our country, and but I hope uh, things will get better very soon. So, uh, like I said, we won't get super political here. But, uh, 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 but on, nonetheless, hey. As we talked about at the end of the year show we did uh, last weekend, um, kind of the good saving grace of like 2020 with everything else going crazy with the pandemic and stuff, pro wrestling has been there for us. And once again, wrestling was there last night, AEW Dynamite, uh, the first episode of 2021. And it was uh, night one of New Year. What is it? New Year's Smash? Is that what the full name of it? New Year's Smash. Yes. New Year's Smash. Night one, which was. It's supposed to happen last week, but we all know it had the Brody Lee tribute show last week, and so everything was pushed back a week. So Absolutely. night one was last night. Night two will be next week, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. So um, just curious, man, your initial – actually, oh, you know what? Before we get into that, I do want to talk about some quick little AEW news. Uh, three items here I just want to run down real quick. Just, you know, we, we I, I like to kind of mention some stuff, a little bit of clickbait news. Um a couple of days ago, it was announced uh, AEW will be moving to Miami for the month of February. Did you hear about that? This is news to me. Oh, you didn't hear that? Okay, oh, yeah. Oh, shucky ducky quack quack dog. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was announced AEW. Uh, they haven't seen the location at, at the time of this recording. I haven't seen anything official as far as the location, but it's been reported AEW will move to Miami just for the month of February for multiple reasons, um, mainly because the wrestlers have been complaining how cold it's been to wrestle in Jacksonville, a daily place. As you know, it is outdoors, and even though it's Florida, it's been very cold. We've seen how windy it's been getting, like the balloons. Remember, it was a couple weeks ago, balloons were flying away. Man, I used to live in Florida. There was never no cold weather there. <laughs> So even Jericho was a commentary. He's like, man, it's like 50 something degrees. So every like, you know, uh, knife hand slapped to the chest was like extra stings extra more because of just uh, the cold air. So anyway, apparently that's what's been going on. Wrestlers been complaining about the cold weather. So they're going to move to Miami, their operations to Miami for for the month of February. Well, I guess it's a little bit warmer there. I don't know how much warmer, but Jacksonville is outdoors. So I get it. Uh, Miami, I don't know where they're going to go. Maybe it's somewhere that's indoors. I don't know. Maybe, I was thinking like maybe where the Marlins play. Could they, could they go to the U? Maybe. Could, could I don't they know. go to the U? Hey, as long as they have a place where they can set up a ring and have an entrance ramp, I'm sure change, they can make it work. Change of scenery is going to be nice. We've been looking at that for almost a year now, which is crazy. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> we're at the point now, AEW, in their short time of existence, they've had more shows in front of like – no crowd or a very small crowd compared to live attendance, a normal live show. And, uh, but yeah, at the same time, I think just for morale sake, it's probably a good move just for a few weeks, a month or so, move to a different location, change of scenery. Uh, even for us, uh, the fans watching on TV, uh, just a different setup. So that'd be kind of cool. I'm looking forward to that. And so with it being moving to February, uh, that beach show that they have lined up, uh, that's going to be also in Miami. So it ties very well as, you know, having a, maybe the beach vibe as well in Miami. So, uh, Philip, have you been to Miami before? I've been to Orlando, never Miami. Okay, gotcha. It's uh, I, I I've been to Miami twice. Has it been that long? I'm trying to think now on the floor. Yeah, 
So yeah, I've been there twice. I I I really do enjoy it out there. It's a fun city. Uh, I think lately in the last probably decade or so, I think they really positioned themselves to try and be like the Hollywood of the East Coast, if that makes sense, as far as uh, the nightlife and like all the celebs partying out there and stuff. So uh, no, it'd be good. It'd be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see AEW what they can do presentation wise in Miami and what the location is going to be. Um, also, just a couple items I want to mention from last night's episode of eight or excuse me, two nights ago uh, episode of AEW Dark. I know we normally don't talk about it. I just, me personally, I don't have a lot of time to watch it myself between all the other wrestling we got to watch and cover. Uh, but a couple of things did happen on Dark that were pretty significant that a lot of people were talking about. So first things first, our boy Jungle Boy, you know, who's uh, got his start here in the Bay Area for all pro wrestling, pro wrestling revolution. Um, he got a new theme song <laughs> debuted at uh, this week's episode of AEW Dark. Did you have a chance to watch that, Philip? or you know what's going on? I haven't watched Dark and got, <laughs> I know he got the, like the Tarzan theme song or whatever. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Hey, TK, you need to spread some cheddar for the rest of your roster because some of those songs are not very good. <laughs> so, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm being perfectly honest with you, yeah. Playboy. I hear you. So, uh, uh, this week, Jungle Boy, uh, uh had a match on AEW Dark, and uh, I guess the other day Tony Khan tweeted out that for uh, a Christmas gift to Jungle Boy, he bought the rights to the '80s song Tarzan Boy from uh, Baltimore. I think it came out in 1985. But you know the oh, 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 oh. great '80s song. You know it's a, a one hit wonder from back in the day. Um, but he bought the rights to that song so Jungle Boy can use it as his new entrance theme song. I thought it was really cool. So this week's episode of AEW Dark, it was the first time we got to see him come out to it. And already the crowd was uh, singing along. And so I I cannot wait when a live crowd, a full live crowd capacity returns. You know the entire crowd's going to sing along to that. Uh, that song might outdo Judas. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Or I was looking at the comments. It's amazing. If you look up that song on YouTube, like people are commenting, I'm here because of AEW Dark and Jungle Boy. Thanks, Tony Khan. But uh, uh, people are saying this could be the second coming of like Shinsuke Nakamura's, uh, you know, theme song back in the day in NXT. You know, everyone was singing along to that. Bro, it, could be, it might be bigger than Shinsuke Nakamura's sing along. Shinsuke's song was so good. Yeah. Oh man, I, I remember those times. I went to an NXT once when he was champion. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. It was just so good, dude. I miss Shinsuke. Yeah. Can, can, before he before he retires and leaves WWE, can we just uh can we just get that back for a little bit? That's yeah. all I asked. I know. We'll see. Well, fingers crossed on that. But anyway, that's going to be very interesting to see just how people are going to get trained to hearing that song now and reacting the call and response from the crowd when Jungle Boy comes out. So I cannot wait for a live crowd to return and start singing along to him. So I know um, I think I saw somewhere like he at first he was not a big fan of that song, but it's really grown on him. And now. It's going to be his theme song, so I think it's perfect timing. He likes the song, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the last bit uh, tidbit from AEW Dark I just want to mention was, so uh, Brody Lee Jr., a.k.a. Minus One from the Dark Order, had an appearance on AEW Dark this week, and uh, he called out Marco Stunt. And uh, did you see the clip of that, what happened? 
It it is not a good look that that kid's almost as tall as Marco. I've seen Marco like up close. I passed him in the at Starcast. Yeah, he's a, he's a small boy or man. He's a small man. <laughs> so uh, um, Marco Stunt came out and was like trying to cut a promo in the ring, and all of a sudden the dark or was I think yeah dark or music hit, and Brody Lee Jr. comes out. With no shirt on, he still has like his slacks uh, from his suit that he had on. Because uh, I guess they uh, AEW Dark, I think, normally films right after or they pre-record it after AEW Dynamite. Yeah, it's filmed right after Dynamite. So as we know, last week for the tribute show, he was in a full suit like his dad. So he comes out with the slacks on, no shirt, has his mask on, and he starts cutting a promo on Marco Stunt and calling him out and saying like. You know, all the matches you've won is because you use bigger guys to help you win. And pretty much told him that he sucks. And I mean, first things first, Brody Lee Jr., he's pretty good on the mic for being eight years old, man. And he wrote that promo himself. Yes. Tony Khan tweeted that out that he just asked Brody Lee Jr., what do you want to talk about? What do you want to say? And he just started telling Tony Khan what he wanted to mention on the microphone. And Tony Khan approved it. So he went out there. And you know he spoke pretty good with confidence and hey man not not only that like he at the uh, New Year's Eve party he beat up what um <laughs> Adam Cole uh, no not Adam not just Adam Cole oh what's the tag team what's the tag team um, top flight he beat up top flight and then he hit the discus lariat and pinned Adam Cole he no, pinned no, a former NXT champion <laughs> he probably, he should have went boom and then ran off <laughs> I, I but, bet when he got back to uh, Orlando I bet I bet he was called in Hunter's office hey like, what were you uh what were you doing at that party? Yeah, what were you doing seeing an AEW New Year's Eve party? Huh? He's, <laughs> he's like, dude, whatever my girlfriend says, I'm doing. <laughs> she makes oh, the rules, right? <laughs> absolutely. Shout out, Hunter. 20 years ago today, he made his return to the ring after that terrible uh, terrible uh, quad tear, you know, in the garden where everybody's cheering. Yeah. He's all denimed out. When he... he I believe that was 20 years ago. Jesus. Tore his quad with uh, Stone Cold, the match with Stone Cold, the two-man power trip. Yeah, and then he makes makes his return in the garden and all the denim. Yeah. Uh, dude, awesome. No, that, oh, such a good time period. You know what I was thinking? The not 20 a, years ago, 19 years ago. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I was thinking on a side note, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, I was talking to you off the air, like trying to think of like bonus content stuff to maybe do for like uh you know if, if i want to start like a patreon or something you know what i want to do i want to maybe review stuff from the ruthless aggression era because I, I think i've told you that era i wasn't really watching that much because i was in college so i wasn't watching wrestling on a regular basis so it'd be kind of nice to maybe go back and watch some of the big events there and just try to relive it so that's let's, some idea i'm just throwing out let's, there let's watch only eugene matches though <laughs> With the special elbow and the special leg drop. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And the special bottom. Yeah, so uh, it's something I think uh, I'll, I'll talk about with you off the air, but I think that'd be something kind of cool. But anyway, sorry. that was, When you brought Triple H, that, that's something I've been meaning to tell you about, an idea I had. But anyway, back to Brody Lee Jr. So, dude, and then they have like a little scuffle. They start pushing each other. Then security comes out. Cody Rhodes comes out. and There was like, more security there than at the Capitol building. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You're, so, you're, wel- you're welcome, fans. Cody pulls him, and then like he, he escapes and starts running after him again. And then they grab him again, and you can see Cody's like whispering in his ear. He's probably telling him, "I'm gonna let go of you. Go charge at him, Adam again." So it was just cool, very playful. He starts chasing him again, and they start like like you know going after each other, wrestling, and then uh, 
Marco Stunt leaves, and then uh, Brody Lee Jr. gets out of the ring, runs ringside, runs up some steps. So it was a very fun moment. And so I just think it's very cool that AEW, the powers that be, are really letting Brody Lee Jr. just have some fun during a very sad period in his life right now. Just trying to you know be there for him for support, emotional support, and um, have some uh, fun moments with him and just make him smile and laugh. And so that was just very cool. And, dude... The fact that he's that good, like on the microphone at eight years old, and he seems pretty athletic already, uh, you know, 10 years from now, maybe when he's 18 and he's already got that contract at AEW, so uh, he might be a badass. We're going to see him versus Nicholas. You remember Nicholas? He won a tag (laughs) title with Braun Strowman? (laughs) Yes, yes. That's the big money match. And I hope Brody Lee Jr. whooped that ass. (laughs) Well, even uh, uh, number 10 or Preston Vance, Cody Vance, whatever name you want to call him by, uh, I think I saw on Instagram, he said he's down to when he's old enough, when Brody Lee Jr. is old enough, he would love to be in a tag team with him. And maybe they go in the AEW tag titles at some point. So that'd be kind of cool. So early prediction in 10 plus years from now, keep an eye out for that. So, uh, but I just thought it was just very cool for Brody Lee Jr. And also on a side note, he was also, you saw training with Liv Morgan the other night. Um, so he was in a ring working out with Liv Morgan and also uh, Tyson Kidd. And he had some pretty good moves in there. He was working with Liv Morgan pretty good. So I'm like, dude, he's got the passion to be in the wrestling ring already. So, yeah, I'm super excited. If he can be as tall as his dad and, you know, I don't know what kind of moves set or whatever. But, you know, the potential could be there, man. Something fun could really be uh, in the works here. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm, I'm incredibly happy for that. Uh, yeah, I mean – just ho- hopefully, you know, hopefully the kid, uh, the, the kid, he, he gets it done. Yeah. He gets it done uh, when he's older. I mean, you know, that's a long time from now. He could have yeah. other desires. Exactly. And stuff like that. Yeah, wait till his puberty and girls and all that stuff in his life. His attention might be elsewhere for his teenage years. So hopefully he'll come back, come back around after he's uh, enjoyed life as a teenager. So, uh, but nonetheless, uh, just very happy for him and seems like he's having a lot of fun. And hopefully when his brother gets a little, his brother's only three. So when his brother gets a little older, maybe the two of them can you know, work out together as well and share that passion for wrestling. So um, that, that's something I'm really looking forward to and happy for. So, all right, let's move on over to this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. A lot of stuff to talk about. Awesome show. Night one of New Year's Smash. Uh, I'm My goal is to get this podcast out as a video version as well for our YouTube page. So hit that subscribe button. So if you're watching to the video version, as you can see, I am wearing my Bullet Club t-shirt. I had to dust off this bad boy. It was in one of my drawers. Oh, you got the Phillips wearing his uh, Vincent <laughs> Vince McMahon. I was going to try to do a uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> Mr. McMahon t-shirt. Hi. How you doing, pal? <laughs> Happy New Year, pal. So, uh, but no, I have my Bullet Club t-shirt on. I literally did have to dust this off. It was in one of my drawers. It was buried. I have like, okay, I don't know about you. Like I have like multiple drawers in my room. One drawer is like all WWE shirts and like the second drawer is like everyone else. So it's like AEW, New Japan, <laughs> all independent wrestlers all there. So literally this was on the bottom of it. So I had to uh, get it out, dust it off. I threw it on. It's like, I feel like it's a good time to wear it. So the big thing, uh, just jumping ahead to the end of the show, uh, looks like a Bullet Club reunion of sorts of uh, of uh, past members who were in New Japan. So we'll, we'll get into that. But anyway, I just felt it was important to uh, record this episode with my Bullet Club t-shirt on. So uh, I, I think it's cool to start wearing a Bullet Club t-shirt again in America. So uh, looking forward to that. So, Philip, like we always do, what was your kind of initial thoughts uh, from this episode? 
Um, there were things I liked. There were things I didn't like. Mm-hmm. There were some things I didn't see. There were some things I wish I never saw. <laughs> okay, I will not wait to get uh, you explain all of that. So let's jump into the opening match here. So it was an eight-man tag, four-on-four. Four. Uh, it was the Young Bucks, the AEW Tag Team Champions, teaming up with SCU, uh, taking on the Hybrid 2 and the Acclaim. And I, I don't know about you, Philip. I would love just for one episode of AEW Dynamite, just not to have such a big multi-man tag match. I feel like every week we get these like large groups. I don't know if it's because they're just trying to get as many people as they can on TV, but I just feel like sometimes it just turns into a big cluster F. Dude, I'm telling you, Teddy Long is booking these things, man. <laughs> You're going to be in a multi-man tag match, player! And then he does his little dance. Love Teddy Long. Shout out to him making a return on Raw this week. Called The Undertaker. Yeah. I'm going to just do this the whole show now. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Mac Militant. I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you know I was hoping for? Um, I don't think we did, they did this. I would love to see Teddy Long and Ron Simmons in the same room. And like on a little bit of a Doom reunion. Going old school there, old tag team, WCW. Hey, bring out a Butch Reed. I know, right? I asked my brother, like, where's Butch Reed? And he didn't know, but... Dude, shout, out, we, shout out Butch Reed, front of the front of the bullet cast. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, that'd be so cool. They could do, like, a reunion of sorts. They were a badass tag team. So, um, uh, but yeah, the opening match here... Listen, it was good. I... You know, SCU, total veterans. Young Bucks, obviously, arguably the best tag team in the world. So... A lot of great high flying spots here, especially with the hybrid two and uh, and Helico and Jack Evans. I know uh, I, I've been enjoying it, but getting more screen time as of late on AEW. And so Jack Evans, especially, just showing off a lot of his athleticism. That's always great to see. The acclaim. I mentioned this before in a previous episode a couple weeks ago. I've been really enjoying the acclaim. I know they're kind of the new shiny toy right now for AEW. But I've been really enjoying their matches. I know they were doing a lot of stuff on Dark that I didn't get to see. But in the last like month, they began a lot of screen time on Dynamite. I've been really enjoying them as a tag team. I know uh, Max Caster came out and did his uh, best John Cena impression, kind of a little rap. How do you think his rap game has been going the last couple weeks? Hey, I like it. I like it. I like it. I yeah. do. I was, I was about to bust out a rap, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it was cool, and like I, I, I like uh, the dynamic between him and his tag partner Anthony Bowens. I, I really enjoy it. Like I was going, we'll talk a little bit more about Private Party in a little bit, but I feel like Private Party, unfortunately, they uh, were like the hot new tag team, and now they're getting pushed to the side a little bit because uh, uh, the acclaim and uh, uh, Top Flight are coming in and they're getting a lot of attention. Uh, but listen, AEW has a lot of great young tag teams. But um, early on, I really enjoyed Anthony Bowens. That guy, he was taking like a pretty good beating. Like multiple guys, either combos of SCU or Young Bucks were attacking him. And he was getting pinned quite a bit, but he was kicking out. So I, I thought early, the first half of the match, Anthony Bowens was looking pretty strong. He was taking a pretty good beating, but wasn't, you know, he, he was tapping, or excuse me, he was uh kicking out so i really enjoyed seeing that and then uh, max caster comes in and does his thing uh but no overall very fun match ultimately at the end nick jackson looked like he was gonna go for the Meltzer bomb but then he instead flips he flips over the rope real quick and then jumps back out takes out everyone and then uh christopher daniels did his little uh uh flip and and turned that into a Meltzer driver or is that yeah Meltzer driver is that the name i'm trying to remember it's so many so names to keep when, track of when, 
when they do the 450 with the pile driver, it's a Melcher driver. If they just jump, it's an Indy taker. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, Amen. Uh, not to cut you off, but Nick Jackson got the best comeback in the business. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. Just hella, just, like, I know I criticize the flippy shit. He's just hella raw. I know. Him and, like, if him and Phoenix are out there, I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it because they just hella raw. Yeah. So it was cool. Uh, uh, you know, Christopher Daniels and Matt Jackson got the finish there. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, Team SCU, Young Bucks win. Uh, Frankie Kazarian got the microphone and just reminded people about the stipulation he, he mentioned, I think, on Dark, uh, last month, where if SCU loses, the next time SCU loses, that's the tag team's done. They're going to break up. So I don't know about you, man. Like, <laughs> I guess the fact they mentioned on Dynamite, they really just want to remind people that the stipulation is real. It just wasn't something they said in passing. It's a legit stipulation. So I don't know. Do you think this is kind of a little bit of a, a swan song or a, a farewell tour for SCU until they eventually lose? I guess they're doing the Ric Flair thing. <laughs> yes. So they announce it, and now every match, it's almost like you got to watch an SCU match because it could be the last one. Because, uh, I mean, back in the day with those Ric Flair matches, you know, there was an extra umph. Like, is MVP going to beat Flair? Is Carlito going to do it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There was, there, like, are the Acclaimed going to do it? Is the Hybrid 2 going to mm-hmm. do it? Are Private Party going to do it? Like, you know, you're just you're going to keep thinking that, you know? I, I, I bet what's going to happen is uh, I wouldn't be surprised if SCU just goes on a winning streak for a while and then maybe they got enough wins built up that they cha- they want to challenge the Young Bucks for a tag title match. And then I wouldn't be surprised if the Young Bucks are going to be the ones who ultimately beat them, retain the top tag titles, and then therefore SCU has to break up. So I think that's what's going to be the end game here. So, and they even acknowledge, you know, we want those tag titles. And if we need to, we want to take on the best tag team in the world. So I think that's a little foreshadowing of what might happen in the coming months. So that's something to just keep your eye out for. Will SCU go on a winning streak? Eventually have enough wins lined up in 2021 to challenge for the tag titles. And then will the Young Bucks break them up? But then after that, I mean, we can discuss that at a later time. But, like, where do they go? Does Frankie Zarin go on a, a singles run? I know Christopher Daniels is a little bit older. Maybe he kind of kind of wrestles a little bit more part-time. I don't know. So that's something to think about at a later point. Uh, next up was the return of John Moxley. First time we've seen him on TV in the ring since he lost uh, the championship to Kenny Omega at Winter is Coming. I know we saw the video package of him last week on the Brody Lee Tribute Show. And uh, he was at Wrestle Kingdom video package. That's right, as well. So, yeah, what do you think of his uh, promo here? Pretty much just said... He's still going to go after Kenny Omega and wants revenge yeah. and payback. Uh, well, first off, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, it didn't even feel like he's been gone for that long, you know. But uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this because, I mean, Moxley is one of the best at the, you know, kind of kind of the, the macho man style of promo where it's 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 a, it's a you're, you're a slow talking and then your cadence builds up and you start to yell and then you go and then you go down mm. he's not not everybody can do that and he's yeah he's one of the very few that can and that's that's what makes his character work because you know like we know how crazy he is like he could <laughs> laugh in your face and like choke you out with some uh barbed wire you know what i mean yeah yeah and we saw some barbed wire later in the night but yeah, yeah it's cool all right he's back and you're right i'm glad they kept him off tv for as long as they did to really sell how hard hitting that match was and you know he, he was champion for a long time so yeah make him be off for a little bit that way we do miss him so when he does come back it has a bigger impact and so, hey, it looks like he's not done with Kenny Omega just yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they have a rematch at Revolution. If I had to guess, that might be what's happening. Or 
um, at the beach show that's coming up in February. So it looks like a rematch is in the works. So, uh, yeah, we shall wait and see. Uh, next up, we saw Dasha doing a backstage interview with Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor of the Best Friends. And they just confirmed that Trent is going to be out four to five months after tearing his pack and he had surgery. Um, as they're trying to talk, <laughs> Miro, Kipsabian, and Pen- Penelope Ford come up, interrupt. Uh, Miro looking very dashing <laughs> with his outfit. Kind of like, a, what'd you think of his outfit? Yeah, this is one of the things I didn't care about. Just the whole segment itself? Yep. <laughs> All because they were fighting over a video game and they ruined it for me. I know, I know. It, it's, Mira, like, okay, like his outfits, I wonder if that's just his own picking. Like, he wants to show off, I guess, that he has money and has nice clothes, but still trying to talk like a monster on the microphone. I'm still kind of confused with what his character is. What's he trying to be? Uh, He's a rich foreign guy that has a lot of money. Has that, loves to pl- that loves to play video games. Yeah, that, that's uh... that, that's that's it. <laughs> that that is his gimmick. <laughs> yes, left the biggest wrestling company in the world to play video games. Yeah, that, that's right. Leave a, a wedding angle to to join another wedding angle. Absolutely. At least he has a Twitch channel, guys. That's what you people want these guys to have. He's still married to yeah. Lana in real life, so he's still winning at life. That's, that's the only win he has. Trust me. So, so he interrupts him and just more or less as Trent was like, you know, what more or less like the leader of the group or or uh, um any challenges, Chuck, like, you know, if you want, you can be my friend and help me with my stuff. And he's like, what, like a young boy? And he's like, yeah, you can be my young boy. And it led to ultimately a challenge. And so uh, I, I, coming up, it's going to be Chuck Taylor versus Miro. And if Chuck loses, he has to become Miro's young boy. So, you know, that's going to happen. You know, Miro is going to win. And that's going to be like a fun comedic angle for weeks to come. It's Chuck Taylor probably backstage segments of what happened the day of working with Miro. So I'm curious what funny, goofy things Miro will have him do, like carry his luggage or something. Probably. Does does In the Click have any young boys? No, we do not. No. 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 But look, guys, we have, we have three young boys. <laughs> um, There's one that's training to be a wrestler. Actually, there's... Yeah, the num- young boy number one training to be a wrestler. Yeah, uh, young boy number two also training to be a wrestler. He mm-hmm. came on the show once, never again. <laughs> young boy number three that used to drive us to shows. We don't talk anymore. And uh, young boy number four is right here right now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the way, can we explain? Young boy, it's uh, comes from what uh, in Japan. Japan. It's basically you're basically like a. Uh, like a rookie, you're you're a rookie. That's that's basic. That's basically it. You know, you're 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 a lackey. You're at the you're, service of like the veterans and doing errands for them. It's almost yeah. like an intern or uh, yeah, 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 like an intern, so to speak. Yeah. You know, like hey, go get go get my uh, go get my dinner, rookie. You know, yeah. something like that. So yeah. that you, you kind of you pay your dues and you 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 do the little things, you grind it out. That way, kind of win everyone's respect, and then you move it on up. So that's what it is. When the term "young boy" comes from uh, over in Japan. So, uh, um, so anyway, we'll see how this happens. Like you said, it's already foreshadowing. No, Miro's going to win, and Chuck Taylor is going to have to be his young boy for X amount of time. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, next up, we saw uh, members of the Inner Circle, Jake Hager, taking on Wardlow. Um, I don't know about you, man. I wasn't really feeling this match. Like, you know me, I love when two big hosses go at it. I love those type of matches. But I really felt like the first half of the match, they seemed kind of lost a little bit, at least from my interpretation. We know Wardlow is very green, 
And Jake Hager, I know people have been critical of how well of a worker he is. Remember the one match he had with Moxley last year? A lot of people were crapping on wasn't that good. So I don't know. I just wasn't kind of feeling it. Well, you see, this is where on the Bullet Cast, I told you, we talk about the sexiness of things. Yeah. Brandon said this match was not sexy. Okay. The, con- the concept of it was sexy. Yes. Two, two big hosses going yeah. at it, going at it in war. That's sexy. Yeah. This match was not sexy. It was not. It, it, was, it was not, you know? I mean, it. Wardlow's raw. Like, I've seen his yeah. indie stuff. He's mm-hmm. raw. You know, I don't know yeah. what happened. You know, everybody has an off night. Everybody has an off night. Well, and, and a couple of things. I mean, keep in mind, you know, it was cold out there. That's one thing, if you want to count that element. But I, I feel like the first half, it seemed like Wardlow, like, it, it feels like they were both, no one was calling anything, if that makes sense, as far as they both seem lost. And Wardlow, since he's more green, I'm sure he's probably relying on Hager to call the match or, you know, plan things out. And Hager, you know, he's in question of how good of a worker he really is. So they just seem a little bit lost at first half. Then finally, they start picking things up and we starting hitting the more of the hard-hitting stuff. Got a little repetitive. Ultimately, Wardlow hit him with, was it, is it the F10? Is that what his uh, finisher is? Um, yeah, he used to use a spinning power bomb, and now he uses the F10. Okay, so uh, Wardlow, a little bit of an, uh, an upset as far as, you know, he's kind of more the rookie. Jake Hager is, uh, you know, a former world champion in WWE. So, um, but yeah, Wardlow picked up the victory here, which is, I think, great as far as establishing him, you know, getting some wins on, on Dynamite. We don't see him wrestle too much. He does a lot more on Dark. I like Wardlow a lot. His potential is great. He's actually pretty good on the microphone. Uh, his tribute to uh, Brody Lee that they released last week was really good. He's really well-spoken. And so I just hope he just gets more repetition on AEW Dynamite in the ring and also more mic time. I think, you know, in the coming years, he could be a really dominant force. He can be maybe like a really badass baby face monster pers- uh, personality. So that's what I'm looking forward to. What about you? What do you think of Wardlow's potential? Oh, I mean, like I, I've said this uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, like the face turn from when he gets under the thumb mm-hmm. of a uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm I, looking forward to that. I so hear the pop. Yeah. So uh, uh, the rest of the inner circle were watching ringside or up on the, the, uh, the walkway there and the entrance ramp and Chris Jericho, who was doing commentary as well, which always is a fun time. I love Chris Jericho on commentary, our, our best friend. Our drinking buddy. Absolutely. Bullet cast uh, commentator of the year for 2020. <laughs> exactly. Rightfully so. Great pick. Uh, so that so hey, the match, what it was, good filler match. Uh, next up, we saw a backstage segment with Private Party and Matt Hardy. So um, they uh, Private Party, they have uh, was a bottle of gin. And they're like, where's the juice? And sure enough, Snoop Dogg comes walking in. Has the juice, puts it down, and it's like, all right. Hey, I, 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 I love Snoop, bro. Anything he does, I just love. You know, he they, he brought he brought up the gin and juice. I was like, hey. <laughs> Dude. And then later on in the night, oh boy. Oh yeah, we'll get into that in a second. But, um, dude, I come to realize that's like a bucket list item. Drinking gin and juice with Snoop Dogg. That would be pretty awesome. For some people, it's doing something else with Snoop Dogg. A little <laughs> puff puff pass. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember in the song Gin and Juice, he said in the music video, it's funny, he said, everyone got their cups out, but no one wanted to chip in. So I, that's that always, it, it's true. Like it, you buy, like that. You, yeah, you buy the goods, you you buy the drinks and then everyone puts their dr- cups out there and wants some of it, but then no one p- chipped in for it. So I know exactly what he's talking about. So, um, so Matt Hardy comes out, you know, he has his suit on 
and uh, he has these contracts. So I was kind of confused. Were these AEW contracts or were these contracts that he was going to be officially their manager or agent? I was kind of confused. Um, Probably the agent thing. Okay. He said he was going to charge him 30% commission. I was like, damn. But then uh, Matt Hardy said, like, oh, you can still do third-party stuff, Cameo, Twitch, all that stuff. So I'm kind of confused, man. Is Matt Hardy really just focusing going to be as their manager now? He's going to wear the suit. So, like, big money Matt, but as more of a manager persona now? I guess so. I guess that's what we're doing. I don't know about you. Let me ask you this. I'm... I really think Private Party needs to separate themselves from Matt Hardy. I, I'm kind of like at that point a little bit. I just feel like it kind of ran its course. Like, where's it going to go from here? Like, Matt Hardy's starting to tune heel, feels like, or more of a cocky attitude. And Private Party, I think, could be one of the biggest babyface tag teams. I don't know. What do you think about that whole dynamic of them working together? I don't know, man. It just it really doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm with you. So they need Snoop Dogg as their manager. He was looking at the contract. He was I mean, staring down at it. Their finisher name is Gin and Juice. Yep. Snoop made a song about Gin and Juice. Yep. It just it works itself out. So I I just think in the near future I would like to see Private Party separate themselves from Matt Hardy. I think it would be better for them. And as I mentioned earlier, like listen, like last year they were the shiny new toy, the young hot tag team everyone loved. But now in the last couple months. You see Top Flight, the Acclaim getting a lot more of the attention now. And I feel like Private Party's been kind of forgotten a little bit. So I would love to see them kind of get more screen time again. But listen, I know things come and go. You know, it's like a, a revolving door of like, you know, who gets screen time on TV and who's like the hot thing on the tag team division. So I don't know. I want Private Party. I, I'm a big fan of them. You know what? Um, I, I'm, I'm, this, this relates to any wrestling thing I'm about to say. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was on Sam Roberts' podcast once because mm-hmm. he used to work for WWE. Yep. And, you know, he talked about how WWE is a toy chest and the wrestler that Vince wants to play with is his favorite toy at the time. Mm. That could be the same thing with Tony Khan. Okay. Like, I got these two new action figures. I want them to wrestle my favorite action figures within the Young Bucks and my second favorite within SCU and, and stuff like that. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, like th- those are his favorite toy at the time, and it's kind of, absolutely it's like Andy in Toy Story, you know. <laughs> Woody was his favorite for the longest time, yeah. and he got a Buzz Lightyear, this new shiny toy. Oh my god! Yeah. But eventually they all come together and yeah. they do business. So okay, so I, I hope in the near future they do some business because I think Private Party versus the Acclaim could be a really fun matchup at some point. But I get it; you got to kind of establish all these young tag teams first make them credible and then that way when they take on the veterans it becomes more believable and then become more of a a legit threat and then that way when they're done taking on the veterans then they can move over to uh, another young tag team and those matchups can be young and that could be the future of your tag team division right there so um uh, next up it was the big weigh-in segment for the TNT title match uh, happening next week between Darby Allen and Brian Cage. So Team Taz comes out. Darby Allen comes out. So Darby Allen had the new design for the TNT championship, which wasn't much different. All it was was the same one like the previous one uh, instead of a red strap, a black strap. So what do you think of the new TNT championship? thought it was fine, man. You know, sometimes all you need to do is change the color of a strap and it, it, it it's different. It's a lot different. 
Yeah, so like the icy title, perfect example. Yeah, so they retired the the first one, the one with the red strap. They give that to Brody Lee Jr. In case you missed that from uh, last week's episode of of Dynamite. So uh, Darby Allen has the newer version of the TNT Championship. Um, I like. I, I I'm glad it's on a black strap, but they still got the little red uh, plate on there, which kind of throws me off a little bit. It's just like this little red thing that just kind of catches my eye a little bit and kind of annoys me. So I don't know if they maybe they should get rid of that plate as well at some point. Maybe so, it should be black like the Bullet Cast title. Exactly, that's a fine belt right there. You got so absolutely. Thank you. So, um, uh, so they had the you know the weigh in. Brian Cage was two seventy. Darby Allen gets on was one seventy. So it's a hundred pound difference. So I, really trying to sell that it's it's a David versus Goliath. Actually, I mean, like I'm I'm a wrestling coach. I know how weight works. So yeah. Brian Cage is about two sixty eight point seven. All right. And then Darby Allen, you know, all that clothes on, he's about he's about one sixty seven point three. So still about a hundred pound difference. I mean Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know? But and oh my god. Oh my god, he did it again. All he did was walk out there with that damn bat, didn't do a damn thing. At least when Bill Oldberg is on Raw, he'll get physical and push somebody. Look, Sting, I love you to death, bro. Yeah. I do. But you're starting to piss me off. I know. I'm I'm with you. So in the, they weigh each other, just trying to establish it's a big guy versus a small guy. And Darby, you know, he's used to being the small guy and dealing with crap from other people for the last 27 years in his life. Um, so it's he's talking to them, and all of a sudden the lights go out. Sting comes out with the bat. We've seen this how many times now over the last, what, six weeks, five weeks now? It's like getting kind of repetitive. And it's getting kind of annoying, as you said, just kind of boring. It comes out, walks around, stares them down, points the bat at them, and then Team Taz runs off. I'm like, come on. I, I saw someone said, like, Team Taz is running away from a guy who's 170 pounds and a 61-year-old man. Like, you're four big dudes. Du- I mean, you got... Brian Cage, you got Ricky Starks, you got Hook, and you got uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Taz. So you got five of them scared of these two guys. It just doesn't make sense. Listen, I know Sting's an icon, but he's 61. He has a bat. Like, two of you guys can charge and take him down. You know what I mean? It just, it's getting kind of silly at this point. It's like, I know Sting can't probably take any bumps or anything, but do something. I don't know, swing a bat and hit them or something. But just, Team Taz is looking kind of ridiculous here. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, not a good look. It's not a good look at all. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad this weigh-in didn't take too long. I thought it was a little bit of a speed bump from the momentum the show was building, so I'm glad it was just quick in and out. Uh, next up, we saw MGF backstage telling the cameraman to follow him. Goes into the locker room where Jake Hager was. Jake Hager was pissed after losing, even though him and Wardlow did fist bump. Like, good job. You know, they're on the same page still. Um but MJF was, you know, kind of telling him, hey, good job. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about this whole thing? Like, Jake Hager says, thanks, man. You understand me. I don't know. It, he we, MJF did the same thing with uh, Santana Ortiz a couple weeks ago as well. So, I don't know. Is MJF trying to win them all over over Jericho? I don't know. What's kind of the point of all this? Maxwell's just a good good human being, you know? That's, <laughs> exactly. That's all it is. Exactly. That's so. All uh, next up, we saw uh, uh, the video package from AEW Dark of Brody Lee Jr. and Marco Stunt, just reminding us in case you missed it. Uh, then we see Alex Marvez interviewing Jurassic Express, 
And Marco Stunt is already, I mean, he's, he's still, he's upset that he pretty much got uh, taken out by an eight year old. FTR comes out and then starts talking crap to them. It was like all these backstage interviews, but they all kept getting interrupted. That's kind of like the flow of these backstage interviews is when one person's talking, the other person's going to come and interrupt them. That's kind of like their formula. So FTR comes in, starts making fun of them, telling Marco Stunt, you're never going to do anything significant. You're always going to lose. So, um, what'd you think of this whole segment here? I, I don't know what to think. I really don't. I mean, Marco, he, I just so, hope FTR win quickly. That's all I want. <laughs> so yeah, they, they call that uh, Marco stunt. And he says, you know what? I'll, I'll challenge you and I'll, I'll work with jungle boy. Uh, Luchasaurus can stand ringside. So the two smaller guys with Jurassic, Jurassic express taking on FTR. Why so, wouldn't you pick the bigger dude? What? That's just stupid. I know. Dumbass. Yeah, so uh, it looks like that match will be next week. So I guess on AEW dynamite, we will see here. Uh, jungle boys theme song. Maybe. Tarzan Boy on Dynamite make its debut there, premiere there. So looking forward to that part. But yeah, FTR should should just crush them. Um, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to that match. I just love FTR. That was my uh, tag team of the year last year. So uh, next up, we saw Cody Rhodes, and then instead of Arn Anderson, Snoop Dogg was his coach for the night. Hey, <laughs> taking on Matt Seidel. I love it, dude. I love it. <laughs> yeah, how did this match played out? Uh, it was it was cool, you know. I don't know how often those guys have ever worked each other. It was a little little little, little clunky. They had to uh, make sure they were positioned right. But uh, I thought I thought I thought they worked uh, pretty w- well together, fairly. And uh, I mean, the ending the the ending was the best part. <laughs> so okay, real quick. So I was watching a few minutes uh, Road to New Year's. Uh, wait, is it New Year's Bash or Dash? I, I'm like Smash. <laughs> I'm losing all my names uh, on their on AEW YouTube channel. They had uh, a Road to New Year's Smash, and the first part of it that I was watching was Matt Seidel and Cody talking about their match, and they both brought up that they did come up together at uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling. I I didn't know that, so they did work together, but it was more of like uh, Cody said it was like ships passing at night, so they just passed each other. They didn't get to really work much, so this was kind of a big deal for them as far as you know coming up kind of in the same wrestling program and finally going to have a match together in AEW Dynamite. So it was kind of exciting for them. Um, it was a, a good, decent match. I mean, we saw early on they were outside. Cody swings and misses Matt Seidel and hits, uh, was it Pentago? Um, or no, Sir Pentago. <laughs> What's his name? Sir Pentago, right? Yeah, his homies call him Pentago. Yeah, that's right. So, Absolutely. Um, and, you know, he tags up with uh, Luther, so, uh, which will come into play later in the match. And so, uh, Cody Rhodes wins. Um, he used to, um, um, Oh my God! Sting's move, uh, Scorpion Death Drop, right? Let me double check on that one. Um, but yeah, no, let's no, see. No, so, I'm sorry, my mic was muted. <laughs> uh, so when when they dropped down, he used the, an inverted DDT. He didn't do the Scorpion Death okay. Drop. Gotcha. Yeah. He used he did two crossroads to get the job done. Yeah. So uh, Cody wins, cool, and then uh, <laughs> uh, Serpentico and. Um, Luther come into the ring, uh, and you know they start attacking. And Matt Seidel helps, and uh, a Snoop Dogg comes in and uh, does a frog splash on Serpentico. Man, so what'd you think of? Uh, there wasn't a frog splash. That was a doggy pound splash. He took him to the dog pound. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of worried because he got up on the court, the top rope, and he, you know he had some what Chuck Taylor's on. So I was like, and hey. he was like. 
he was standing on his all on one side of the ropes. He he wasn't like one foot on one rope and the other foot on the other uh, rope on the other side. So I was worried he was going to slip and fall, man. He like, and he's tall. Like I was worried he got to keep his balance. So he jumped, tried to do a frog splash, but like his knees landed first. But Excalibur tried to cover up and said, "Ooh, it's a knee combo frog splash." But it was nasty, it, man. He's just hella long. He's just hella big <laughs> and long and lanky, dude. Like he landed and like his ass was like sticking upward. It was just kind of weird. It, was, it really was just weird, you know. Uh, I thought it was called the doggy style splash, but Brandon he told me that Snoop wrestles doggy style, but the name of the move is the dog pound splash. There we go. We, we need it. We need a clarification. Ladies and gentlemen. Which, by the way, so also for the the decor for Dynamite this week, it was so much signage everywhere for that new show. What's it called? The Big Show? Oh, it it came on tonight. I missed it. Oh, my God. I was just trying to look at Rosario Dawson, guys, and be honest with you. Yeah. She's doing big things on The Mandalorian now as well. So, um, so anyway, just the signage for that new show on TBS, the talent show. What's it called? The big show or the talent? Uh, the show? Go big show. Go big show. Not, not with Paul White. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, like the signage all along the apron was that for that TV show, and then uh, uh, along the the barricade. So. If you didn't know to tune in by now, I don't know what to do for you. But anyway, uh, so Cody wins, obviously, to promote this show as well on TBS. So good for him. Snoop Dogg helped out. So a little cross-promotion there because they're both judges on that show. So, all right, cool, man. And, uh, yeah, Snoop Dogg, remember, he's a former WWE Hall of Famer as well. Former? So, no, he's still I'm the former. I'm the former. Sorry, what am I saying former? Is. You know what? He's a WWE Hall of Famer. He did Cody's theme for AEW. SmackDown, we're going to see Sasha. Two different theme songs for two different companies? That's mind-blowing. And I loved it when Jericho said, Snoop jumped to AEW! Snoop jumped to AEW! Snoop jumped to AEW! Yes, I saw that. I noticed that, too. Like Jericho was kind of selling the fact that Snoop Dogg is here on AEW. And we know he does have a lot of history with WWE. And obviously, Sasha Banks and in the WWE Hall of Fame performed at WrestleMania, Sasha Banks' theme song. So what do you think of uh, Snoop Dogg's version of Cody Rhodes' theme song here? You think Snoop touches turns to gold? Because he's been in, he's been in this rap game since he was twenty years old. I know, man, dude. You know, he's one of the greats. So that's very cool to see him out there in AEW. And that's the thing. Like, apparently, rumors WWE officials were mad that Snoop Dogg showed up on AEW, and it's like, listen, man, like he's promoting a show he's doing for TBS. You know what I mean? So it's like he's doing cross promotion. So it's not like you can't tell him where he can't work. He's not a full time employee for WWE. So you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like. He's he, he's he's due this show for TBS and he's doing cross promotion on their sister station TNT on AEW. So it's just part of the job. It's not look, like look, he, man. If you need to be mad at any WWE Hall of Famer, it should be number forty five in yeah, the story. I know exactly. So uh, him anyway. and him and him and Terry kicked their asses out. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. But no, I'm, I exactly. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, why is WWE getting mad at Snoop Dogg? He's just doing his job. He's doing a shot. He's he's on a show on TBS and doing cross promotion on TNT. So you know he's doing his his work. Uh, next up, we saw he, uh, Hikaru Shida defending the women's championship against Abaddon here. Philip, what do you think of uh, this match here? I don't give a damn. I wish I never saw it. Yeah. I don't care about Abaddon abandon. Whatever the hell her name is, get her off my screen. Yeah, this match, like, I'm, oh. I'm glad for Sheeta. She has like finally a consistent 
uh, feud on Dynamite, like a, a storyline here. But this match, you know, it didn't really do much for me. I mean, just Abaddon early on biting her. They go into the ring and apparently he bite her some more. She comes out with blood all over her neck and on her thigh. Hey, was, that, that fake ass blood. Come on, bro. Like, well, really? Thing, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, by the end of the match, it was all smeared all over. So it's like you don't see actually any bite wounds. So it was you just kind of ridiculous. You couldn't use a blood capsule or something. Well, my thing is, like, okay, we saw Shayna Baszler bite Becky Lynch last year. So, like, I feel like these biting angles are kind of ridiculous because it's like, okay, you bit into someone. It's like, that's pretty hardcore. It's like, how do you, like, top that? So, anyway, I just felt it was kind of stupid. It kind of took me out of it. And the match was okay. Uh, Sheeta got the win. So, good for her. Hopefully, she can move on to something a little more competitive and just more just grounded as far as actual wrestling and not so much of this fake Halloween blood everywhere. So um, next up, we saw a backstage segment with Tay Conti along with members of the dark order, including Anna J uh, just talking, uh, 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 calling out Serena D for their match next week for the NWA women's championship. So looking forward to that. Tay Conti just, you know, getting some TV time. And it looks like, so is Tay Conti officially part of the dark order now? Um, the dark order is going to be by her side. You know, you're not official till you get a number. Gotcha. Okay. What should be Tay Conti's number? I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, So next up was the main event. So AEW World Champion Kenny Omega taking on Ray Phoenix. Man, Philip. I mean, I know we're what? Let's see. What's today? Today's the seventh or what? We're one week into the new year. Man, this is all Ray, a match of the year candidate. I told you, Ray Phoenix is hella raw. He I know. Just, he's rawer than Monday night. <laughs> well, yeah. the thing is, I know a lot of people yeah. like like Pentagon. I'm, I think I'm a bigger Ray Phoenix fan, to be honest, out of the two Lucha brothers. I don't know. I mean, uh, Pentagon, he crip walks to the ring with his Hispanic rap plan, you know, with his <laughs> Zero Miedo. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, bro. Yeah, so, uh, dude, this match for, like, it was about, like, I think it started, like, it's, you know, uh, uh, 9.35, and it went about, like, 15 minutes. So, for 15 minutes, it was hard-hitting. What I like is, like, you, they're both high-flying guys. Kenny Omega can be, and Ray Phoenix, obviously. But it wasn't, like, high-flying stuff, like, in a Young Bucks match where I feel like guys are just standing there waiting for something to happen. I feel like they were going from high high spot to high spot pretty quickly and it was for like a purpose it was like really to to uh take out their opponent so i don't know about you is that something you kind of noticed i really felt like the back and forth chemistry here was just really intense so not only do these high spots but there was a lot of knife edge chops over and over that was this big slap sound it was just so good to see well yeah i mean they had the chemistry working together in a triple a for the uh, mega championship down there yep. in mexico in mm-hmm. mexico uh, so I mean, yeah, you know, you you can expect that from these guys. Just boom, 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 uh, high 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 paced action all the oh time. Oh my god! I mean, just that one suicide dive, Ray Phoenix did. Like he came charging, went through the ropes, and like uh, leaned his head down, and like his back smashed into Kenny Omega. Great spot there. Uh, he did. Uh, um, he flipped over Kenny Omega and then caught him and did the German suplex. Oh my God. Another great spot there. Um, and then right hey, after when, uh, when Kenny caught him and did the tiger driver. Yeah. I was like, Oh, and then uh, when he went up to the, uh, when Ray went to the top rope and then immediately jumped and stomped, uh, uh Kenny Omega on the apron. I was like, yeah. damn dude. Hey. So like, it was um, intense. He, he, when he did that, I was like, Oh, 
Dude, it was great stuff. Uh, uh, God, like, do yourself a favor. If you have not watched it, go watch it. It's already a match of the year candidate. I know uh, Wrestle Kingdom had a couple bangers themselves, but this one, people are already just raving over it. Um, towards the end, we saw Ray Phoenix go for a fro- frog splash, trying to pay tribute to Eddie Guerrero. But I think in doing so, it kind of cost him because he was taking a little bit too long. He goes for the frog splash. And to Don Callis' credit, as a manager, he was on the outside giving Kenny Omega a warning that Ray Phoenix was coming. And uh, Kenny Omega was able to lift his knees up, catch uh, Ray Phoenix on the frog splash. And then, um, as you say, did a Tiger Driver 98 into uh, a V-Trigger, into the one-winged angel, and got the victory over Ray Phoenix. Outstanding match here. Just the back and forth. And I love Kenny Omega. Finally, from a performance standpoint, he was doing a little more heelish stuff in this match as far as, you know, talking crap. And he was like lifting Ray Phoenix and throwing him on the the steel uh, uh, barricade outside, throwing him. Like, I really enjoyed he's being more heelish. I mean, he's officially heel. He came out on the heel side. Yes, exactly. In his entrance, yes. That too. So I, this match was so good. Just the back and forth. Ray Phoenix. Like, listen, I know the Lucha Brothers are a tag team, but Ray Phoenix and Pentagon have proven that they can be good singles uh, pushes as well, singles competitors. So, dude, I'm, I'm trying to think, is there any other big move or spot that I'm missing here? Like, so much happened in this match. For like 15 minutes, it was action-packed the whole time. Even when they went to um, uh, commercial break and they had the picture-in-picture, picture, and they're both on their knees, like, slapping each other in the chest. Oh, my God. So, probably taking notes from Walter and Dragunov's match of, uh, you know, gonna get some hard ch- uh, ch- chops in there as well. So, um, was there anything else in this match uh, I need to mention? Uh, no, I, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, I think that's it. So, uh, uh, Kenny Omega gets the win. Don Kyle grabs the microphone, tells Ray Phoenix that uh, Eddie, or excuse me, um, Pentagon and Pac, we're not going to come out there and make the save. And we see uh, Eddie Kingston and Butch and the Blade and the Bunny attacking them. So uh, Ray Phoenix is a little upset that his brother and his friend were not out there to make the save. Um, and then sure enough, John Moxley comes running out with a baseball bat covered in barbed wire and starts attacking Kenny Omega here, getting some swings in. And then sure enough, the good brothers coming in with the Impact World Tag Team Championships around their waist to make the save for Kenny Omega and start beating him up. So it turns a three-on-one here. Um Man, what did you think of the whole the Good Brothers coming to the ring? When they when they ran out, I was like, oh, oh my god, I loved it, man. I did. I've been waiting for it, man. It's about damn time. Yeah, you know, that's we, something we talked about because like they've been Kenny Omega's been on Impact the last few weeks doing these segments, and the Good Brothers have been there. And um, oh, that's the other thing I was going to mention. So on Impact this week, we saw uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers attack Rich Swan and. Uh, uh, the Motor City Machine Guns beat them up, and it's it's building up for their match at Hard to Kill on pay per view. I don't know. We should maybe do a review for that one. We should watch that pay per view and maybe just. Re- I know we don't do a lot of impact here, but I think it might be worth uh, checking out doing a review for. Um, so, uh, uh, but that's one thing I said. It's like, okay, Kenny's been showing up on Impact. I think the Good Brothers need to return the favor and appear on Dynamite. And uh, I know Brody Lee thing was last week, so I was thinking. They have to come here, especially to help him out during his world championship match. So, yeah, the Good Brothers come out, make the save, start beating up John Moxley to take the baseball bat with barbed wire, 
hitting him, even though it was kind of bad. Like Kenny Omega, you could tell was not really leaning into it. It just looked kind of goofy. He wasn't swinging that hard. Um, but then, like all the guys outside the ring, we saw Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., I think uh, Top Flight, are all coming to the ring trying to help out. And I liked it. The Good Brothers were just laying into all of them, creating like all this chaos and destruction. Like they're unstoppable. No one can stop them. They were uh, gallows with power bombing guys on the table on the outside at the uh, at the announcers table, or excuse me, at the the um, the ring bell table. I uh, I just enjoyed how badass the good brothers were being presented here that like none of the tag teams can take them out. And then finally the young bucks come out and they're like, what's going on, man? What are you guys doing? Um, and then Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. Grab Kenny Omega against the ropes. And sure enough, Matt Jackson and doc Gallows go and attack him. Matt Jackson, super kicks. Uh, I think Griff Garrison Gallows hits, uh, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. With the, the belt that he had, um, and then Kenny Omega raises up the two sweet Gallows and Anderson, the good brothers also greet him with the two sweet. And then young bucks with a little bit of a hesitation, then throw up the two sweet as well. And so all five of them do a two sweet pose for the, in the show right there. So I guess, yeah, it is a bullet club reunion. I guess not officially bullet club. Cause bullet club is new Japan pro wrestling property, but the members, elite. what's that? The, the, they're just going to be called the elite. See, that's the thing. I was like, what's going to be their name now? Like, Probably just just the elite. I mean, the the Bucks, they own that. They can do whatever they want with it. I like how Jericho's like, it's it's that hand gesture. <laughs> and like, they're doing that thing from Japan. It's the first time in the ring together in years and since New Japan Pro Wrestling. He said Eric Rowan on TV last week, but he won't say too sweet. I know. I, can you not say too sweet or Bullet Club? Right. Or? I mean, I, I think there was that thing you know, a couple years ago where WWE – I think they tried to trademark too sweet. Yeah, yeah, but like it's a hand gesture. Like this is the silent coyote. You, you, like, like we're like, what are we doing, bro? I would have yeah. said it. Yeah, I been like, oh, um, the, the too sweet. I, I enjoyed this segment. I mean, it was just cool. It, was, it reminded me of stuff like in the '90s and the Attitude Era when when people would make surprise appearances and attack and seem like super just powerful and destructive. I enjoy that stuff. My only one little thing. And let me ask you this: Like I, I've had you know twenty four hours to sleep on it. Was I was kind of hoping a couple things? Okay, Kenny Omega. I get it. They're like they're holding Kenny Omega down, and Matt Jackson goes for the super kick. Nick Jackson didn't do anything. Now I know Brian Alvarez or something said that supposedly uh, Nick Jackson hurt himself in their match at the, the beginning of the show, like hurt his leg. So maybe that's why he wasn't able to do a super kick. He just didn't want to aggravate it or anything. If that's true, that's why Gallows instead was the one who, who hit Brian Pillman Jr. But I thought maybe for more of a stronger dramatic effect. And if this is a heel turn for the young bucks would have been more impactful if the young bucks like let's say John Moxley, he was trying to you know keep fighting, he kept trying to get up, and they kept attacking him. Would have been more impactful if John Moxley one last time was trying to get up, and the Young Bucks look at him and then super kick him. Like I thought maybe that would have been more of an impactful moment of them super kicking the former AEW World Champion, the top or one of the top baby faces for the company, and really solidified their alliance with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Instead of super kicking um, the varsity blondes, which no offense, I mean they're more known on AEW Dark. So as far as solidifying their heel turn or or 
someone they're going to super kick. It would have been more impactful if they would have done it to Moxley. That was just my one little thing. So I haven't seen a lot of people comment on that, but that's just something I thought. I don't know what you think. Eh, I mean, maybe this. I think what's going on with the Bucks, like Kenny's been their buddy for years, you know. Yeah. And they want to still be his friend, even though like he's going through some things, kind of, you know, kind of, kind of like uh, Jay and Roman. Like, hey, what you, what are you going through, Oos? Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something like that. And I mean, this was cool though. I mean, this is the first time all these guys have been together in what five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, New so, Year's Dash twenty sixteen. Yeah, because then that's it, yeah, because that's, that's that's when they all that's when they left and AJ got kicked out of the BC. And that's when. Um, uh, Gallus and yep. Anderson were on uh, yeah. the Royal Rumble, and or uh, AJ went to the Royal Rumble. Gallus Anderson showed up on Raw, attacked the Usos and stuff, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, no, but great way to end the show. Got a lot of people talking, so got the two sweet. Um, if you check out uh, in the click on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I posted the the photo of the five of them backstage posing together. So good stuff, man. A lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more of an explanation of maybe what was the Young Bucks reasoning behind doing what they did as far as super kicking the varsity blondes and aligning themselves with Kenny Omega. Uh, so hopefully we'll get more answers next week on Dynamite explains their, their way of thinking. And who knows, maybe will the Young Bucks make an appearance now on Impact Wrestling, a little return of Generation Me? Will John Moxley make a run-in during that six-man tag? So now that hard-to-kill pay-per-view could be very interesting. Absolutely. Will the Young Bucks show up on that pay-per-view or Moxley? Or if, if he does that, three different promotions in one month. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, you know, they did name drop New Japan Pro Wrestling. I still think, I think Kenta and John Moxley should wrestle for the New Japan IWGP US Championship at AEW show, AEW Dynamite. Let them have that match there since they're both based in America. Have it have it take place there, and maybe that's a way. Or maybe Kenta can like interfere, jump in and interfere in a Moxley match coming up. Maybe, maybe if Moxley and Omega have a rematch, let Kenta come out after that match, attack Moxley, and it sets up him and Moxley at a future AEW show. I don't know. And that way, it begins the 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 relationship relationship between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's what I'm thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it all. Yeah. So great episode of AEW Dynamite. Looking forward to uh, New Year's. I was going to say New Year's Smash. I can't want to say New Year's Dash. New Year's Smash next week. A lot of stuff to talk about there. Hopefully we'll get a lot more answers. And yeah, looking forward to check out Impact Wrestling next week. See uh, the Young Bucks make an appearance there. And I guess that'll be their go-home show before Hard to Kill pay-per-view. So uh, uh, I'm going to try to watch that and maybe do a review for that as well. So a lot of good stuff. Uh, 2021 has been a really good start for pro wrestling between Wrestle Kingdom, AEW, Dynamite, and even NXT this week was killer as well. So a lot of good stuff coming up. So, all right, on that note, let's start wrapping things up. Philip, where can all the clicks just find you online? Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me at Heel Antoine, H-E-E-L-A-N-T-W-I-N-E on the Twitter and the Instagram, the Instagram. Uh, the Bulletcast on Instagram, the Bulletcast on YouTube, Bulletcast on Twitter. Uh, Bulletcast 2 is in the number two suite, S-W-E-T at gmail.com. Um, every night, every, oh, oh man, not tonight. Not not tonight. I, I forgot to send him the, the show. Usually I'm on uh, 99.9 FM KW in Watsonville uh, every Thursday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's gonna do it. I'm gonna enjoy my Bullet Cast Championship. Diamonds are forever. So is the microphone Messiah. And and to quote Peter Griffin, you know what really grinds my gears? You America, f you. 
Nice. I'm going to do my Cleveland impression. Now, 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 now. <laughs> right? Is that pretty good, right? What? You, you thought it was good? Whoa. Good? Is that okay? Did it sound okay? Yo, hey, hey that, that was pretty nice, but I'm not going to lie. Okay, thank do, you. Do, 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 my, do my quagmire? Are, are you ready? <laughs> Hey, 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 Peter, Peter, tell Lois to come over to my house. <laughs> God, we're doing family guy impressions at the end of the show. Great. I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey83. And uh, follow In the Click on social media as well Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at In the Click, In the Click at gmail.com. Please remember, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you do. Remember, leave us a five-star rating, leave a comment, a review at the bottom. It helps out with the algorithm, I've heard. So if you leave a comment there, it helps boost up our presence on Apple Podcasts. Also, uh, subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're in the process of getting on Stitcher. We're also on Google Podcasts as well. All these, all the major po- uh, major podcast platforms. So on that note, let's go home. And that's the bottom line, because he, we said so.